0: Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Vaip Desai, and we're at it once again with another episode of the Army of Game Changers podcast. This is the podcast where I get to ask some amazing folks to share their best career and leadership insights to help you on your professional journey. For this episode, I talked with Andre Cherney, CEO of Aspiration, the firm that is changing the way we bank. Andre's resume spans industries and positions which include author, business consultant, prosecutor, Navy Reserve officer, and White House aide. Andre hasn't had a career, he's had many careers. That's what made this episode so unique. So let's jump into our chat.
1: Hey, Andre. Good morning. Thank you so much for jumping on the Army of Game Changers podcast. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Um, Look, uh, give me an update. What's going on in your world of aspiration and the other projects that you're working on? And most importantly, let me also congratulate you on the recent recognition by Fast Company, uh, talking about Uh, Aspiration being one of the top 10 most innovative social good companies.
2: Well, appreciate it. Thanks so much. And thanks for uh, having me on uh, with uh, uh, this this whole army of of, uh, incredible uh, people who are doing so much to bring positive change. So, really excited to be part of this. Uh, A lot going on at Aspiration. Uh, Aspiration, as as you know, and as, as you mentioned, is a socially conscious, sustainable, financial firm for everyday people. And so we bring banking, uh, investing uh, services to uh, to people uh, who want to both make money and make a difference in the world. Uh, and so what we've been uh, working on is uh, continuing to uh, bring our our core banking services products to people. Uh, one of the things that we've done that's uh, really unique is what we call the aspiration impact measurement. Um, We call it AIM. Uh, And and with that, every time you buy something with your Aspiration Debit card, uh, you can see your own uh, sustainability score. And it changes over time uh, on a day-by-day basis based on on where you're shopping and and what you're spending. Uh, And you can also see the people score and planet score of the places where you're shopping uh, and, and of other similar businesses. So if you're uh, deciding to go to the pharmacy and you're deciding between CVS and Walgreens and uh, Rite Aid, uh, you can say, okay, how do these companies do when it comes to how they treat their employees, how they treat the environment, uh, and make ethical, conscious-driven spending decisions. Uh, we have enormous power as consumers. $36 billion a day uh, is spent by U.S. consumers. Uh, and, and that means with that power, we actually can use those dollars as a huge lever for, for making big change
1: yeah you know I, I i can see why fast company noted aspiration as one of the most innovative social good companies the way that you just explained it and i want to ask you has it been difficult what are the challenges that you faced on disrupting such a large category in and of itself Has has that been challenging for you
2: it's one of these things that, uh, uh, if we knew what we were getting ourselves into when we, when we started on this, we may have had second thoughts and probably still would have done it, uh, because it's really important. But, um, uh, look, you have in the U.S. financial industry, uh, l- the largest industry in the world, uh, in terms of, uh, profits and, um, and, and customers and so on, uh, and a industry that, is really massively distrusted uh, for some very good reason. They make billions and billions of dollars every year based on uh, fees when things go wrong for their customers. Uh, They make money on overdraft fees and late fees and uh, ATM fees when you're out of their network and monthly minimum fees when uh, your deposit level isn't high enough and, and so on. And so they do best when their customers are, in many cases, doing worst. And then they turn around and use those deposits to fund uh, oil drilling and uh, oil pipelines and gun manufacturers and, and so on, and, and, and with all that, make trillions of dollars a year. And so by going after them uh, and offering something really different – uh, we've certainly ruffled some feathers, uh, and it's an industry where you have uh, all kinds of uh, giant uh, institutions that can uh, use their leverage, use their power uh, to try to, to stop you. But what we've had is uh, hundreds of thousands and, and seems to be millions of people uh, coming to aspiration because they believe in this mission, because they believe in, in the values we share and And that's been uh, truly uh, what has been able to uh, make sure that, that we can't be stopped, because we know we're on the right side here.
1: Yeah, no, clearly you are. Um, I don't think uh, you could find anybody out there who is happy with the banking institution and how, as you say, they you know when when people are at their worst or their lowest, they prosper the banks prosper the most. And I think what you guys are doing is allowing people to vote with their wallet. Um, and I think that's, that's really where people are headed. They want to align with companies that have similar values, and you're obviously breaking that mold. How's the, how's the growth been going for you guys so far? Uh,
2: it, it's, it's been amazing. I mean, we've really uh, found uh, people coming to Aspiration, telling their friends, telling their family, bringing others uh, with them because they're most of all inspired by uh, by the mission that we share uh, and by being part of this. Uh, you know, look, most, most people don't want to be thinking about their bank account or or, or investments. It's, it's sometimes intimidating. Sometimes it's uh, it's frustrating. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's sometimes depressing when you look at where your balance is and, and you wish that uh, those things were higher. Uh, and so the easiest thing to do is just to push it to the side and – and and not deal with it and say you know what I just have to accept that this is the way things are yeah I'm gonna be getting fees on things I'm not gonna be making um, much in interest uh, my money is gonna be used to uh, do things that that I personally don't believe in but I just don't want to deal with it but what we found is is people are inspired when they learn about the kind of impact that they can have as an individual and by the kind of impact that we can have for people. Uh, it's uh, it's certainly about making a difference in the world, but people will also uh, end up with a lot more money in their pocket by switching away from uh, one of these more traditional big banks to a, to a place like Aspiration. Uh, and, and so we've seen really people be willing to step up and and, uh, and make a big change in their life.
1: Now, that's good to hear. Well, I think you're on the right path with Aspiration, and I think it's a welcome uh uh, opportunity for consumers in general. Um look, let's let's jump into the meat and potatoes of this podcast, which is career and leadership insights. You have had an eclectic career and probably one of the most eclectic careers out of any of my guests. I want to jump into that from being the youngest White House speech writer in American history, providing policy and strategic advice to people like Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Bill Clinton, Al Gore, Hillary Clinton, and John Kerry, to name a few. Uh, you've started a public policy journal and think tank, criminal prosecutor, and an author as well. Let's, let's take all of that together and let's dive into the career lessons that you learned along the way and the advice that you can pull from that to share with my listeners? Well,
2: uh, I, I think eclectic, the word you use, is, is probably the polite term. Uh, maybe it's I can't hold down a job or, or something else like that uh, is maybe the more accurate one. Uh, you know, I, I probably, given all those things, um, don't have direct career advice because I haven't had a career. I've had multiple careers over, over the past 20 years. Uh, but I think what I've seen is I've had, I think, the, uh, good, good fortune and, uh, and been lucky enough to, uh, be able to do work around the things that I'm passionate about. And to do work where I feel, uh, really engaged and like, uh, a, and where I feel like I'm making a real difference on a daily basis uh and that's taken as you said all kinds of different uh permutations and uh and again many different careers along the way but i've really again been able to hold tight to uh the values i believe in and to the kind of world that i want to be a part of helping to create and and then have searched for and been able to find all kinds of different ways to try to move the needle towards that
1: yeah I can see that. um you know you've had these pivots in your careers, but as i as I look at your resume and your background, they've always been driven by this need this this passion for like public service instead of being in an elected position, but you are trying to help others out, whether it was um, working within the administration or writing a book or even now with aspiration. Some of these are pivots from the prior career. How do you manage pivots from one area to another?
2: I think there's a few things to do. One is to uh, know what you don't to realize there's a lot you don't know uh, on any of these things and to uh, be able to check your your ego at the door. And So for instance I had spent uh, almost a uh, a decade in, in public policy uh, in different respects uh, before I, I made the switch to being a prosecutor and uh, was fortunate to come in and find a role as a prosecutor. But uh, uh, but I came in, you know, again, as you said, having been a senior speechwriter in the White House and, uh, and a top official on presidential campaigns and, and done a whole host, host of other things, but I came in as a prosecutor uh, on the ground level and Started really from square one, was in, was in court every day, uh, making motions, making, uh, arguments, uh, dealing with the, the cases that came across, uh, uh, my desk and, and was willing to, to start, to start really from scratch, uh, in a, in a different kind of career. Uh, I, I the other piece of it, uh, and maybe this is the flip side of that is, uh, to maybe check your ego out the door, but not check your ambition out the door. Uh, to To understand that even as you're making a pivot, um, you can try to do something dramatically different and know that the people who have been in that industry, uh, whatever it may be for a long time, uh, may not have the answers. And somebody with a new perspective uh, can actually make a, a big impact really fast. Uh, and, and so you know, I was fortunate at the beginning of my career to just come in, to uh, the White House as a a, uh, senior speechwriter working for Vice President Gore, um, working with President Clinton, uh, and uh, had to kind of fake it until you make it uh, of uh, starting uh, that kind of role and and, and being thrust into uh, a position of responsibility like that. But uh, when we started Democracy Journal, uh, my partner and I, we had uh, never run a policy journal before. Uh, but said we're going to do this and we're going to do this big. Uh, When uh, we started Aspiration, uh, none of the people who started in that founding team at Aspiration uh, had ever uh, worked uh, inside the belly of a bank before or inside uh, a a big consumer financial uh, institution. And we said we're going to go out and and create something fundamentally different. And, And when we... That learned along the way was a lot of hard learned lessons that maybe if we had that past experience, we would have known. But if we had had that past experience, we probably wouldn't have taken on, uh, this kind of challenge in a, in an original way. And so uh, I think those are the two important things when you're making a pivot, uh, both to understand, uh, what you don't know and be willing to, to learn, uh, but also to uh, understand that the people around you, uh, don't have the answers either.
1: I can relate to what you're saying there, and absolutely, I've I've seen that with pivots in my own career where I think, you know, just having an interest in this category or this opportunity but not having any experience helped me because I was coming in with a fresh set of eyes and ears and a different perspective, Um, and I saw that with people that I was working with seeing me going, this guy doesn't know anything, but there's something else going on here that he's thinking about this differently. And I can see that with what you're doing with aspiration. I think if you had that traditional banking experience and background, you might not have uncovered those opportunities that you're instituting in aspiration or any of your other projects. So I I like the idea of what you're saying in that coming into these opportunities with a fresh set of eyes and ears. um, And when you pivot, um, Look, let's jump into the leadership side of this conversation. Uh, you've worked with some of the most recognized leaders in the world, and you are now also a leader yourself within Aspiration. Let's talk about some lessons. Can you share any lessons of leadership with the people that you worked with and anything that you have learned from your time with Aspiration? I, I, I really want
2: uh, in many ways, lucky early in my career to uh, to work with a, a set of of leaders uh, that uh, uh, certainly were leaders not just of an institution but leaders of a country and uh, uh, and a whole different set of challenges and opportunities that come with that. But uh, somebody like the president or vice president is, uh, well, a national leader or even leader of the free world uh, is also a leader of an organization. Uh, internally, uh, that White House staff that they're working with, the people that are working with, that ultimately is, is on a daily basis a pretty small number of people. And that's a set of leadership skills that is important as well that I've been able to, uh, at least learn from and, and, uh, and try my best to, uh, uh, to take into, into my career as well. Part of that is about, uh, communication, about clear, um, uh, setting a clear vision. Uh, part of it's about, uh, setting expectations. Uh, you know, I, I remember, uh, one story early on, uh, in, in my career when I was working at the time for Vice President Gore and, uh, and was a senior speechwriter. He, in 1997, uh, more than 20 years ago now, was really one of the first people to, uh, in public life to really look at the dramatic changes that technology was bringing to the way that our economy worked and the way that businesses worked. Uh, this was before the dot-com era and, and things were really just, just nascent. And he had spent uh, a, a number of months really traveling and, and going to, going to see Microsoft and, and Bill Gates and, and going to Silicon Valley way before other uh, politicians had ever uh Visited on on a normal basis, and he then gave a speech about uh, about this new economy as uh, as he called it, uh, and and what it would mean. And it was a speech we worked on for uh, for weeks, uh, and went through um, easily more than fifty drafts uh, of the speech. And he brought in uh, people like Larry Summers uh, from the Treasury Department and and others to. Provide briefing and provide feedback, and, and uh, we crossed things out uh, and changed every word, and, and and did that over and over again. Uh, and finally, he gave the speech, and and it was a almost an hour long speech. Uh, and uh, we, he gave it in Washington, and we took a, a motorcade back to uh, the White House and, and got out right at the door to the to the West Wing. And uh, I was not in a limousine with him; I was a, in a van. Uh, behind, and, and I hopped out and was going to head over to my office, and he, he pointed to me and, and beckoned to me and told me to follow him, and we walked up to his office, and uh, he took out the folder with the his, his speech copy that was in, in large type, so it was a lot of pages, and started flipping through them one by one and uh, was waiting, and, um, and then he pointed to a word uh, about halfway through, and it was the word there, uh, and I had spelled it uh, T-H-E-R-E, but it meant to be it was meant to be T H E I R. Uh and he said get it right. And I think part of what he was saying was get it right in the in the text that we released to the press and, and, and fix that mistake before it goes out. But I think there was also a larger message there about about get it right, about setting expectations. Uh that I was working in a place where uh one word could make a huge difference. Now, probably not the word there, but maybe a different word uh, would have uh, made a difference. And, uh, you know, as we used to say, uh, one wrong word from the President of the United States makes uh, markets move and and, uh, and armies march. And and even though I was young and even though I was thrust into a high position, uh, the expectation was of me to, to get it right. And, and, I've, uh, and I've had to bring that uh, and really tried to bring that to everything that I've done along the way for myself and, and for those around me as well. Part of what I've learned um, along the way is um, you have to set expectations, but you also have to um, put these things in context so that people understand why what they're doing on a day-to-day basis is so important, why it's so important to get things right. Uh, and, and when people do, they'll more often than not rise to the occasion.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh that's a good message. Get it right. And um look, uh I think that that's a great story and that's a great message and a great lesson to learn. Um have you carried that through with aspiration as well?
2: Oh absolutely. It's something we focus on every day. Look, we have people's money. Uh and um we have uh, a huge responsibility uh to uh, to get it right uh if if somebody's gonna go use their aspiration debit card and buy things for their family at the store and that card's not working uh they're not bringing home food for their family uh that's a big responsibility when somebody comes to us and trusts us with uh, their money with their savings uh with their bank accounts uh, what it means is uh, they're really trusting us with not just dollars and cents but but all of their hopes and dreams for themselves and their family and their future. Uh, And so we have to get it right. Uh, We have to get it right every time.
1: A lot of responsibility, but it sounds like you are ready for it. And, look, I want to thank you for jumping on the podcast. Great insights, great story as well with uh, your time with Al Gore and the message of Get It Right, totally on point with that. If people want to keep up with you and follow you, where, where is the best place they can do that?
2: Well, they can first and foremost visit aspiration uh, at aspiration uh, dot com, uh, learn more about us and, and what we do, and uh, and, the, and the mission behind uh, our work and, and the, really the movement that we're building. Uh, you can follow aspiration. Uh, we have an aspiration Facebook group. Uh, there's aspiration on Facebook. There's uh, at aspiration on on Twitter and and Instagram, uh, and then uh, for myself, uh, if they want to follow me personally, I'm I'm at Andre Cherney, uh on Twitter as well, and uh, uh, we'll we'll often uh, share my opinions on on things having to do with aspiration or just the world around us, uh, whether I can help it or not.
1: Yeah, well, I love following you on Twitter. You definitely have an opinion that I admire, and I love uh, hearing from you. And so keep that up. Thank you again so much for jumping on the podcast. I appreciate it, and I look forward to keeping up with uh, Aspiration and the Democracy Journal. And I need to jump into your book as well. So uh, we'll, be, we'll be catching up again soon.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you for what you're doing, and uh, and appreciate being on the, on the podcast.
0: and just like that another episode of the army of game changers is in the books with more amazing insights it's experiences like the ones andre shared that help us all to move ahead and up in our personal and professional lives i especially loved when he said when leaders set a clear vision as well as communicate expectations they're setting their people up for success down the line I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear from you if you have anything you'd like to add or share from this episode or any of the previous ones. Just hit me up at vipe at hdxmix.com. The Army of Game Changers podcast is brought to you in part by my team at HDX Mix, the healthy and environmentally friendly sports drink mix. Rethink your drink and head on over to HDXmix.com to check us out. Thanks for stopping by and lending me your ear. Have a great week and we'll be back soon with more insights from today's most influential leaders.